song for you. Let's go. You're not cool. Well, I pity the fool. Pity the fool that messes with tea. Well, you better not mock his strange mohawk. I pity the fool that messes with tea. Everybody! Ah oh, man, just sitting up here in the in the office. What's up, Jay? Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's good, man. You know, I finally got the uh, the remains of the ring cleaned up, but the the, the announce table stays. I'm gonna disassemble it orderly, and we're gonna bring it back out later. But I'm keeping this announce table. Okay. Yeah. You say so. Yeah, man. I was <laughs> well. Just don't don't fucking suplex anybody through it like you did to the, like you did to the ring. All right, I will. Uh, I will leave it alone, but no promises. <laughs> anyway, man, yeah, I was in here last night. Uh, came up to record a little something, and the girls came through and crashed the party, man. And it was kind of cool. You just oh, missed yeah? them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was uh, the night of NXT Takeover, right here, where uh, the night after SummerSlam. Uh, actually, the girls are in the other room watching Raw right now, but. Um, I couldn't even watch. I saw the first few minutes and I'm already pissed again. And we're going to get into some of my rants about <laughs> what's going on in the WWE right now. But uh, I guess kind of in this end cap, man, I just want to say, man, I mean, it's been an interesting ride. You know, this whole thing took on an entirely different direction, entirely different field than I even um, had kind of seen it being. Mm-hmm. You know, because, uh, again, we talked about doing an episode about this a long time ago. And I was saying, okay, well, you know what? I'll have my sister and, and, and Ghost come on here and maybe my brother will come on and, you know, just do a quick, you know, have them show up for a minute, talk for about, eh, you know, 20, 30 minutes and then make an episode and that'll be a wrestling episode. Well, you you listeners out there, you saw what happened in there. It turned into like a series of like several hour and a half long episodes <laughs> because wrestling, like we all said, was our childhood. And so there's no way you could have contained that in under 20 minutes. It was just... And it being full episodes into, into themselves, and then ended up being an entire block, and uh, came out really cool. Um, but then also something happened, kind of in that whole thing, and that's that it brought me back into watching wrestling on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, and I was just, if you hear it, 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 it that's, that's the other interesting thing about the block because if you listen to from the beginning, you'll hear me kind of from the outside looking in saying okay this is what i know this is what i'm kind of seeing i'm just really kind of watching this for research purposes and just that i know what i'm talking about but then other than that i mean i really wasn't in tune but then as the episodes go along further you start to see where i'm actually more in tune with what's going on and i'm more uh clued in to to, to everything that's going on and then becoming more of a fan and now i feel like uh you know back in that uh back in the episode that uh you did um we made that comparison to uh, comic books and wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's kind of using that metaphor again. I feel a lot like... I feel like someone who stopped reading comic books a long time ago and then came back as reading comics again and just falling in love with it all over again. Yeah, yeah, because that's kind of what happened to me over the past what, two years, I guess. I'm back into comic books again. Mm-hmm. 
like I was saying, wrestling was my comics, and so that's kind of what's happened here. Got you know my kids to thank, obviously. Um, you saw it kind of happened by accident, and now like the whole family, we've all kind of got this rediscovery, this new appreciation for wrestling again, and it's just a fun diversion to have. Um, gotta thank uh, the Steve Austin show. He's been doing that for several years now, and I've been listening only because I've I've been a fan, and I just like hearing all those uh, all those stories, all those behind the scenes stories, and just stuff, just filling in the blanks and filling in the history of the business and all that. Uh, I've been listening to that for a long time, and then eventually led me to uh, Ric Flair's Woo Nation, and actually it's not called that anymore. He's switched networks. He's got a new show. It's just called the Ric Flair Show now. Retooled the format a bit. Um, oh, and you know, recently they just had, uh, they had a guest you like, Jay. They had Bruce Pritchard on. Who? Bruce Pritchard, although they didn't talk very much about the Brother Love character, but he was on. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <sighs> so, but it's through the old, the old show, the Woo Nation show, that he kept talking about Charlotte, and that's what led me back into, uh, you know, as the story went, you know, that's what made me say, hold on, I gotta find, I gotta see this Charlotte in action, I gotta know what Flair's daughter is like as a wrestler and see if they're as good as she say, they say she is and then it just happened from there um, my friend, Mark Coble <laughs> coincidentally, his name is Mark but he'd been a fan for years and always been telling me about stuff and telling me I should watch it again and I'm like, nah, I don't really fuck with wrestling anymore and conversation with him changed now I'm over here telling Telling him, oh man, did you see uh, did you see NXT last night? You know, did you see whatever? And uh, he's actually the one who put me onto NXT. Mm-hmm. NXT is my domain. Um, I don't know. You don't you don't know what that is, dude? Did we talk about NXT? Um, I think you've explained it to me off mic, but yeah, I, okay. I don't know. I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not. Well, yeah. So what it is? It's it's their de- developmental product. Um, they're up and coming wrestlers that they're training. Basically, it's like they the AAA league, sort of, yeah, like AAA or the D League or something. And they present it, you know, it's got it's less frills. They don't talk as much, you know. It's it's short and sweet. It's like an hour long. It basically gives you kind of the kind of the the illusion of an indie promotion, but with WWE logos all over the place. But yeah. then on top of that, they're also flanked by industry vets that they've hired from other companies from all over the country or even the world in some cases it's it's just no frills it's just straight just sit down watch the wrestling be done with it the action's really interesting so i really enjoy the uh the nxt show and um i guess i started watching those uh again through mark he was like you should try this nxt stuff and i just i liked it and he was telling me that you know a lot of times the nxt specials which they come on on the same weeks as uh, big WWE pay-per-views, he's telling me a lot of times they're better than the actual WWE shows, and he's right. Um, the one I saw, the one that's, uh, I guess the first one I saw that was uh, TakeOver Dallas, which is the same uh, weekend as WrestleMania, I mean, it was badass. It was amazing, and then just, so, really grown to like NXT, it's awesome. Um, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, uh, so anyway, um, I'm just gonna. I uh, on the last episode, I just kind of went in there and I did. A, um, so I had some excerpts from the conversations because I cut out the parts when I was asking everybody about their favorite wrestlers and everything. I cut out the parts where they asked me. Um, 
I don't know if you did, but I know that definitely a ghost and my sister Ray did. And I cut out those parts because those episodes were about them and I saved them. So I played that. But one thing I didn't do was uh, was uh, any of the music. And my sister had a list and she was saying, um, and I was saying that, you know, if I had to update the list, I might change it. And so I'm going to do that right now, man. You want to sit in for that? Sure. All right. So um, first of all, I just kind of had to comb my memory a bit. And just kind of decide, okay, what do I really like? What are the ones that really stood out to me the most? What are the ones I really dig? Um, I mean, you can't go through a list without mentioning... Well, uh, yes. oh, oh, wait a minute. I guess I should start from the top here. Um, that episode I did a long time ago was all the 80s stuff in early 90s. So this one's going to be strictly mid to late 90s. Okay. And uh, you can't really have a list without having Stone Cold in there. So definitely there is an honorable mention. Um... And also the Degeneration X theme, and all I think all of them had that in there too. Besides Ghost, obviously, because he wasn't watching WWE mm-hmm. or WWF, whatever. But yeah, pretty much everybody had those in there. Um, so yeah, honorable mention for me. So all right, so number five, um, we'll go with uh, Triple H after he broke off from DX and he got new theme music. This is the first one he had when uh, with him in China. They both come come out to this. One self. Is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy hit me with that triple H. I really like it, man. You know, and this it's that same group, that same little uh that Rage Against the Machine kinda sound like knockoff that they were using. I don't remember the name of that uh that band. Mm-hmm. Most of the music was done by this guy named Jim Johnston. Uh pretty much any WWF theme you heard from like I guess in the eighties mostly it was Jimmy Hart. And then I guess the late eighties and through the nineties mostly it was Jim Johnston. But then they also had this band who did a few songs, and so this is one of them. But I just liked it. You know, he come in, you know, the strobe lights, the blue, and strobe lights, he had that bottle of water, he spit it into the air, and then come out to it. So um, after that, he all of his music after that, his favorite, his favorite band was Motorhead. And so after that, all of his theme music was made by Motorhead. But that's the first one that he had after he left DX. So. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what, was, what, what do you say the guy's name was? Uh, Triple the, H. No, 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 the composer guy. Oh, now this guy I don't know, but the the composer the for band? most of the stuff other than that was Jim Johnston. But this guy I don't know. Now, did he? Did Jim just specialize in doing like knockoff soundalikes of of popular music or popular songs for doing? Because because you listen to some of those songs like in the late. 90s when you know rights and stuff started coming into the picture mm-hmm. that there would be songs that sounded like stuff that was on the radio but wasn't quite it oh okay so was that his kind of mo not really he was kind of like um i guess to make a comparison to sesame street this guy was kind of like the chris surf where he just kind of knew how to do pretty much everything ah gotcha okay yeah yeah but okay so we're gonna go on to the next one
Alright, then the B7. Okay, now this guy, he was, um, he was a UFC champion. Um, you know, really one of the, uh, I guess since the late 90s, UFC wasn't as popular here, but if you were into it back then, you really know who he is. He's one of the guys who really helped to popularize the sport. And uh, I think WWF had already had Ken Shamrock in there, who was also a uh, UFC alumni. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dan Severn came, he was doing his thing before him in UFC, I believe, but he came to the WWF after, never really caught fire, stay wasn't really that long. And that character just never really seemed to work. He was kind of boring in there. But um, just that music, though, that music is badass. I just thought that uh, if I saw a comment on one of the uh, YouTube links where a guy was like, that song needs parental advisory. It doesn't even have lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, and then I have um, on uh, the WWE games, you know, whenever I get the games, on the Xbox 360, you could use custom music. And so, I always have this one guy I make. This goes back years and years. I make a lot of the same characters over, and I always have um, this bit. What this this re- this guy? He looks kind of like he's kind of like a stylized version of Danny Trejo, mm-hmm. and I actually do call him Machete. And oh, really? I use yeah, he's like my big ass heel wrestler, like my heel champion. I have some, some you know I build him up, and then have people try to knock him off, and uh, I use that music for him, and it it, just, it, it comes out dope. But then. Uh, <laughs> so he comes out to that music I've been using that music on them for years but yeah that's, that's one of my favorite songs from back then not one people talk about a lot but I I, I, I always wish that they would have given it to somebody else and let him and, and uh, kind of repackaged it because it's one of the one of the uh, one of the hidden greats wow yeah yeah alright so next up D'Lo Brown, and I know I mentioned him a few times in some of those old episodes. Uh, that's another theme I think doesn't get enough love either. Um, there's actually two different versions of it. Um, back when he was in a tag team with Mark Henry, there was one that had more lyrics to it and not as much instrumentation. Then after after he and Henry split up, then they kind of retooled it, took Mark Henry's name out of that, took all the rap lyrics out of it, and they just kind of let it be this instrumental with just an occasional few lines in it. And just the whole tempo of it, if you remember how he used to walk down to the ring with this you know, with his head waggling and the shoulders, the strut that he had, mm-hmm. it was always perfect the way he just way he would enter in it. So, I thought that suited him really well, and I just um, I had one of those WWE uh, compilations, that CD one that was one of them I had on there. It's like I think it was Volume Four. So I used to play that a lot in the background while I'm cleaning or whatever I was doing. <laughs> Coming up on the uh, on the next one. You smell what The Rock is cooking? Know your role and shut your mouth.
Alright, so everybody knows the Rock's theme song. It's been remixed a bunch of times. I mean, it's an iconic song. But I actually like this is one of the earlier versions back when he was still part of the Nation of Domination. And he had taken over. He uh, he usurped Ron Simmons, or Farouk as he was calling himself back then. Uh, and he'd taken over. And then all of the versions of the Nation theme song, like all the members of the Nation, had some sort of version of that song, but slightly tweaked. But his his was always just uh, to me was the best, and I thought it was the best version of his song. They would add to it, change things around here and there, but that was always the base version of it. And I like that one; it was just more stripped down than all the ones they had that came after it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it, that's very. That's more kind of laid back coming into the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dug that one. But okay, so then we're going to go into my favorite from the mid-90s or late-90s or whatever. And I know you know a little bit something about this one. Oh, man, and I told you, man, I wasn't a Goldberg fan. I wasn't even watching WCW like that. But that entrance, yeah. when they would knock on the door and he'd kick it down and walk up there with security and they'd walk through the pyro, shadow boxing and just, just wilding the fuck out, beating the chest, beating his head, pulling on the ropes, you know what I'm saying? Just I couldn't think of a more intense entrance than he had. But also that theme song, it was just, that was perfect. Yeah, it was fucking badass. amazing. It was amazing, and um, so to kind of tie it up uh, in a with a bow, uh, you remember that uh, Dan Severn I was telling you about? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually Goldberg's inspiration. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard interviews actually with uh, well, with both of them, with Dan Severn and with Goldberg, and uh, Dan Severn was like, "Yeah, he met Bill Goldberg some uh, years later, and he was saying thank you." He's like, "For what?" He said, "You know, my whole." The whole persona, my ring mannerisms, I, I got that all from you. Because I was wow. watching what you were doing in the UFC. And so that's <laughs> why he came up with the MMA, with the MMA gloves. And uh, he was really the only one doing that besides Ken Shamrock, you know. But uh, I don't know if he was paying that much attention to what WWE was doing. But he knew he knew of Dan Severn, so he got his whole thing from Dan Severn. And then he uh, Goldberg, in a later interview I heard, uh, was talking about his influences. He, he corroborated that. He was saying, you know, Dan Severn and just when he was trying to figure out his character and what they wanted to be with the whole who's next and squashing everybody, that's where he got it from. Huh. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, okay, so we're going to jump ahead here. We're gonna. I got another musical list here, and that's going to be for the current day stuff. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to throw that swerve at you, huh? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, this is I Mini the Fool, so we're going to go forward. Um, right now, I got my top five current themes and that's all subjects to change depending on uh well at least we're gonna we're gonna say my top five right now the day after SummerSlam. these are my favorite ones um all of the well most of these i even have them they're on spotify i have them in workout playlists like when i'm running or working out and stuff because they're just that hype i listen to them while i'm doing that you know so uh <laughs> hell yeah yeah it's good stuff now i was talking about jim johnston 
And uh, now Jim Johnston, his, uh, he now does work for, um, he scores the WWF theme or WWF uh, films and some other stuff for the network. So he's so now he's kind of passed the torch on to another production crew called the CFOs. And the S with a dollar sign. But uh So they're handling most of these songs now. Other than the stuff that they license, which they've kinda of done away with a lot of the licensed music too, thank God. Yeah. But um yeah, so a lot of the original themes now are done by this group called the CFOs. And the first one I'm gonna go with, um, well, you've heard me mention the name quite a few times. So here it is. Yep, so Flair's daughter, man, Charlotte, um, the catalyst for getting me back into wrestling, but also that fucking theme song, man. It is a remix version of the uh, 2001 Space Odyssey version, the music that uh, that Ric Flair used, just, you know, with added, you know, kind of the, uh, the up-tempo drums and the guitars added in there. Yeah, because I don't watch wrestling, and when it just started there, I'm like, look at that stripper music is coming out to you. <laughs> And then that 2001 right. started. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's awesome. And, um, and then she does the entrance. She wears the big robes and everything. She comes down to the ring like that. And uh, for a while, she was coming down with Ric Flair. She um, she ousted him. So now he's not on TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they did it, I thought was pretty tacky. The way they kind of, kind of had him go out in shame instead of kind of an organic uh, you know, dismissal of him. But... Wait, you know, so are they not on good terms? The thing is, so he I knew he wouldn't be around forever. And what I always thought was he was going to end up costing her a match or something like that and she was going to have to she was going to have to leave him because he was getting in her way. Uh-huh. But what they just had her do one day is just kind of go off on him and just make him and he left the ring crying. Oh. Yeah, it pissed me off. I'm like that wasn't cool. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, we had to talk about the music though. So, that was number 5, number 4. AJ fucking Styles. That's actually, you know, I have three favorite, my three favorite wrestlers right now. He's one of them. Uh, apparently, he's been doing his thing for a long time. You know, I don't really know the history of him, but he's been. I think most recently he was over in Japan doing his thing, but he's actually one of the uh, homegrown talent over there in uh, in TNA back when they started TNA. Oh wow. Yeah, I think when he first got on, he had tried to sign with uh, WCW. Then WCW went under, 
WWF didn't pick up his contract, so he went to TNA, built his brand there, grinded out over there, then ended up going to uh, Japan and or Ring of Honor, and then to Japan, and now he's over here and he's a big big deal, and I think he's awesome. Uh, they make a lot of comparisons to Shawn Michaels uh, back during his prime, and I can definitely see that. But yeah, he's he's electric, man. I like AJ Styles. Um, this music though, I just thought it was interesting because you don't really see white people. I mean, unless they have hip hop or street like kind of in their gimmick, which he doesn't. You really don't see white people coming to the ring with rap music, but he does. Yeah, it's not bad sounding song. It's not, and you know, and and I mean the lyrics. I mean, you know, just like most wrestling theme songs, I mean, lyrics leave something to be desired. But you're not listening to that when you're, you know, when the, uh, you know, when they're coming out of the ring and the crowd's making noise. You can't hear that anyway. So, right, right. So I just thought that was cool. That's that's. That's that's a really dope theme song. It's hype, you know, especially the build up at the beginning. Then when the pyro goes off and he comes out, drops his hood and struts out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that was AJ Styles, number three. Okay, I was talking uh, about putting this stuff in the workout music. I obviously don't work out to that one. It's too slow. This fucking song. I love this song. Man, I know nothing about modern wrestling. I don't watch anymore. You know, I don't have a lot of interest in watching. But Illy sends me clips from time to time. <laughs> and every now and then, you know, most of the time it, it's something that the New Day is doing, which is, mm-hmm. you know, funny stuff. Then one day he sent me this shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's a bunch of hillbilly redneck friggin' I don't know what. Like deliverance type shit. <laughs> I like that you said that because <laughs> here's the thing. When the girls first started watching, and I see these guys coming out of the ring, I thought the same thing. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys? What are they doing? And then I kept watching. And I was just so enamored with them because it's not... Because Deliverance was the same thing I said. I'm like, they were like straight out of Deliverance. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's it's more like I read up on them. Okay, so Bray Wyatt, who, by the way, is another one of my favorites, he's a lot like um, like the cult leader character from, uh, from Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. He's more based on that. And his followers, there's some sort of cult, and I don't know what their whole thing is, because um, there's times when the lights will go out, and all of a sudden they'll be they'll appear right there out of nowhere, and these images will stream across the across the screen, and then 
you'll know they're coming because all of a sudden they appear there or they appear on the screen with the lantern. And the music they could have given, I mean, they could have easily given them some demonic music or they could have given them some banjo music straight out of some hillbilly shit. But no, he went and got, they got this song, they licensed this song actually. Which I didn't know before, but I did this when I was, when I was searching through this music I learned. This is an English uh, rock artist named Mark Crozer. The song is originally called Broken Out in Love, and they um, they licensed it. They bought it from him and changed the name of it. But basically, he comes out to this, and it is perfect for that march through the dark that they do. Because when they get introduced, any of them, you know, whether it's Bray or whether, it's, whether he's got his followers with him, the announcers don't call his name. It's completely silent, other than the music and the crowd noises. And he walks out there completely in the dark. He's got a lantern, you know, just lit up, smoking. And you got the people out there in the crowd with their cell phone lights on and their lighters up and everything while it's going on. And it's just the fucking coolest entrance I ever seen. And he comes, the music stops as soon as he blows it out. The lights come on. But that music is just perfect for that march through the dark. I love it. That's just crazy. He's awesome. And, I mean, that character is just... When he comes on the screen, I got a smile on my face, man. Just the way he fights and all of the stuff that he does to kind of play to the crowd with the, the spider walking and the facial expressions and everything is just you can tell he really loves being that character he is he is absorbed in it mm-hmm. and oddly enough you know that's uh remember the, remember Erwin R. Scheister the IRS oh yeah yeah that's his son oh wow yeah huh yeah <laughs> okay so going back to uh huh. okay <laughs> yeah um and he's actually Black Jack Mulligan's grandson so yeah third uh third generation Alright, so next up. Okay, okay, so Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously, um, that is one of the guys. Okay, so back when I first started watching NXT, there was a few episodes in, and I knew nothing about the guy. Um, obviously, he comes from Japan, he was mm-hmm. in Japan Pro Wrestling, and the WWE signed him to NXT. Um, I knew nothing about him, I just saw that uh, William Regal came out in one episode, and he told Sami Zayn, uh, you're going to fight somebody at... You know, at TakeOver, you deserve to have a good match. So, and up on the screen, you just see Nakamura comes on and say, Sami Zayn, I'll see you in Dallas. I have no idea who that is, but the crowd went nuts. They went apeshit. Okay? So, Uh fast forward to the match. And then, Sami Zayn comes out, and then, all of a sudden, the music hits. And, fucking, the strobe lights and everything go out. He comes out dancing. He's got like a a leather jacket on and he's like dancing his way down to the ring and just he's so animated and just crazy I'm like I didn't know again never seen him fight a match and didn't know, don't know his name know nothing about him 
but I knew he was special just for just from what I just seen right there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was absolutely electric. It was crazy. And then I saw him fight, and I said, "Wow, okay, now I see why everybody went nuts when he came out." He's really entertaining to watch. He's an absolute blast to watch. Jay, I know you don't have any interest in watching wrestling, but you should watch a couple of his matches on YouTube, just just to see it. Yeah, I might check it out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very fun to watch. He's hilarious, and he's one of these guys who I think they don't. He's he's all business in the ring, but you could tell he doesn't take himself or his character too serious because he's joking around and just kind of being a he's getting in their heads obviously he's pissing them off while he's out there kind of joking around and stretching and just dancing and everything but <laughs> I mean like he's one of these guys yeah he comes out I I got a smile whenever he comes out to fight so that's uh <laughs> yeah he, he's amazing and uh hopefully well you know no rush whenever they get ready to use him is when they're ready but I could see him doing some damage on the uh on the main roster but right now he's doing his thing in NXT um he just won the championship at Takeover, you know this this one uh, that just passed the uh, last night, so or you know two nights ago. So, uh, you know we'll see what 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 he does from there. Cool. Yeah. All right. And then, so we're gonna go into the last one. Speaking of NXT. Finn fucking Balor, and I say NXT. Obviously, he's on the uh, he's on the Raw roster now. Uh, after they do the brand split, they called him up. He was one of the uh, first ones drafted off of NXT. But uh, when I started watching them, he was the world champion, or he's the NXT champion. And uh, what did he fight? I think it was Apollo Cruz, who is also on Raw now, or not SmackDown. I'm sorry, but uh. I can't remember who it was he fought. I think it was Apollo Crews. But either way, he comes out, and it's just this guy in a leather jacket. And I'm like, okay, this music is cool, but why is it taking so long? And why is he... I mean, this is a very... This is a very elaborate, very long, drawn-out, grandiose entrance for a guy who's like... He's he Basically, he's my size. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's, he's ripped to shreds, but I mean, he's my height, my... You know, otherwise, my build or whatever... And I'm like, all right. I mean, I like the song, but what's, you know, what's with the huge entrance? And then NXT TakeOver happened when he defended the belt against Samoa Joe. And what happens in big matches is that he says he has to go summon the demon. And this fool comes out full fucking body paint, face paint. He has some headdress on and all the smoke and everything. And he entered the ring like that. And then that music was on. And I said, oh. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> now I get it. And then, you know, the other thing about it, again, when he comes out there, it's just, it's, the atmosphere is crazy. And then when it crescendos, he throws his hands up, you know, twice. You know, the crescendos again, he throws his hands up again. And the whole crowd does it with him. Mm-hmm. And 
Well, my girls watch, they throw their hands up here at home, <laughs> do the same thing. <laughs> so now we all sitting on the couch, we all do, we all throw the hands up at the screen whenever he does it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's my number one favorite theme song. Again, the stuff, everyone, except for the Bray Wyatt one. Every one of those songs end up in like my workout mixes and stuff like that for when I'm running and lifting and stuff like that. It just gets the adrenaline going. Um, but uh, with Finn Balor, that's a perfect segue into. God damn it, man! The WWE. You know, before how much... before you jump, I just, I yeah. just want to jump in real quick. Um, yeah. You know, talking about all this music and stuff. The one, the one. I don't know if I talked about it or not. Um. The one that gets annoying, but I I do enjoy those fucking memes. Is that John Cena? Did I mention that on my episode? <laughs> no, you didn't. But that, that John Cena <laughs> intro with the fucking explosions, and then that music comes on. I, I don't know why, but the, the those memes that were going really hard last year, they still kind of they still kind of have memes on on YouTube and stuff every now and then. That music gets me. I don't know why. That is a good theme song, though. Um, yeah. And what? Uh, well, you know what? I was gonna segue off of another point, but uh, hell, you did a perfect job because that feeds into one because uh, uh, John Cena fought AJ Styles at SummerSlam, and you know John Cena is one of those characters. I'm one of those people too where I'm not a well you know me by now if you heard those episodes I lean more toward the heel characters I'm not into the boy scout baby face and John Cena rubs me the wrong way in two ways and this is without me ever seeing him watch fight a match because when he was on you know when he was making his way up and when he became the, the thing I wasn't watching wrestling anymore Mm-hmm. So I only knew him from video games, but I do remember when he first came out and he had that douchebag rap gimmick going on where he used to freestyle battle and talk all Ebonics and shit. So I remember that. That still stuck with me, even though I know he shed that character. But see, now he's kind of like the Hulk Hogan of the generation, so that <laughs> makes me mad too. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, without even ever watching anything of his career, I tend to root against Cena. But a lot of people do too. And so I thought it was funny at SummerSlam. I don't know, I don't know if all cities do this, but definitely Brooklyn. Brooklyn wasn't having it because his music hits. You know that. They're all going. John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he fought AJ Styles, and my man AJ Styles won out. So, which was actually that was one of the better matches of the night. And after that, you know, uh, he wears those those wristbands that say "Never Give Up." Mm-hmm. He took his wristband off, left it in the ring, and walked out. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Which is really awesome. Another really good match uh, is Charlotte, who we mentioned before, won the belt back from Sasha Banks. Um, she lost it about a month ago on Raw, because Raw recently did a, uh, they did a, well, okay. WWE's done this before, and again, this is after I stopped watching, but I knew about it from you know, hearing about it and from video games where they split the rosters so that Raw and SmackDown are effectively two different brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but they failed at this 
because they kept having these interactions and these invasion angles and stuff to where they kept jumping onto each other's shows to the point where they kind of just crapped on the on the entire concept and then rolled everything back into one for a couple of years. But now they've gone back and tried to split it again. So maybe they learned from mistakes, but I'm willing to bet it's WWE, but they probably have not because they're making a lot of the same mistakes. A lot of the same gripes I had at the beginning of the block and even till now is that they see the creative just chases its own tail. It doesn't seem like it knows what it's doing. Um, but anyway, back to uh, Charlotte and Sasha. You know, um, Sasha lost. Sasha won the belt on Raw, lost it on SummerSlam to, to Charlotte in a hell of a match. It was a great match. Um, I guess the other one, uh, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins, because, again, uh, they split the rosters, and so the world champion, Dean Ambrose, is on SmackDown. So Raw figured they needed to have their own version of a world title, so this match was for was to determine the first you know the first holder of that title mm-hmm. and Finn Balor won he won but uh, tonight the girls were watching Raw and fucking Finn Balor hurt his shoulder in that match he's gonna be out for six days for about six months so he had to relinquish the title already shit so that pisses me off you know and that's just another thing <sighs> okay where do I begin man where do I begin? You know what? We're going to take it all the way back to WrestleMania. And I really didn't want to talk about this anymore because that was so long ago, but it all kind of ties in. WrestleMania pissed me off, and I was glad I didn't I, I didn't sit there and watch it. Um, we didn't have the WWE Network back then. It's like a seven-hour show, and it seemed to like everything that happened, it was almost like negated the next night. So, you have, um, well, first of all, you had Brock Lesnar, who is kind of a, he's a part-time talent anyway, but he's, you know, he's, he's the resident badass. He comes in, he had a match against Dean Ambrose. He wins over Dean Ambrose, but the very next night, okay, Brock Lesnar's gone. No mention of him made ever again, because that's part of his contract. He just comes and goes at certain, uh, intervals, but Dean makes no mention of it. He comes out the next day fighting again. Right. Uh, okay. So, it's like it never happened. Uh, and then the other big thing was uh, that Shane McMahon had come back, who had been away from the business for a long time, and he said he wanted to run Monday Night Raw. And Vince said, okay, well, you have to fight The Undertaker. And if you beat The Undertaker, you can run Raw. Well, he lost to The Undertaker. Okay. Right. They come out the next night. Vince is talking about WrestleMania and then says, and then Shane comes out and says, you know, uh, he he fought the match or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And Vince says, okay, well, you know what? You want to try running it for one night? Go ahead. So he runs, so he runs Raw for a night. Then the next week it says, hey, because of the social media outpouring, he's going to run Raw. So you end up running Raw for about three weeks straight after that. Hmm. So The Undertaker is gone. No mention of The Undertaker, no mention of any. And he lost his match, yet here he is still part of the company. And now he's running SmackDown. So what was the point of the match? I mean, it's like all the stakes were just thrown out the window. Wow. So... That's just that was WrestleMania, uh, just in a nutshell. 
I mean, there was more stuff on it, but it, again, all the stuff was just kind of... It just seemed like it existed in its own space and just never really... It did it like it had no bearing on the rest of the creative going forward, right? Which that's supposed to be your biggest tentpole pay per view. You'd think it would be a big deal, but it was like if you didn't watch WrestleMania, you'd never know anything in there happened because nothing they had, nothing that happened afterward seemed to, or nothing that happened during it seemed to carry on afterward. All right. Mm-hmm. So going forward, um, again, we start getting into wrestling more, and we get to SummerSlam, which is the next big. Temple pay-per-view obviously you've got um, SummerSlam Survivor Series Royal Rumble and Wrestlemania those are your big main ones and they have all the others but the SummerSlam card looks so good and I figured okay you know what we all kind of watch wrestling now I'm gonna get the WWE Network trial just so that we can watch you know we, we can watch SummerSlam on, on, on Sunday so I mean we ordered pizza we you know we threw down for this thing, okay? Right. Now, NXT TakeOver was the, night, was, was the other night. We watched that live. Normally, they're up on Hulu. So, um, we watched them a couple days later. But we watched it live, and we loved it. Um, the last two NXT TakeOver, and I'll never forget it, you know. Um, especially Alicia. She's Every time it ends, she's like, that was awesome. Like, she just loved it. They just, Those NXT shows, I can't say enough about them. They're great. Uh, we start SummerSlam up. So SummerSlam, I already talked about Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. It was a really good match. Unfortunately, ended an injury. Um, on the SmackDown side, you had Dean Ambrose versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. Who, with this match, you had the whole. It wasn't. A, it wasn't the greatest match in the world. But the thing was with Dolph Ziggler, the whole thing was he had this chip on his shoulder. He's trying to show. Uh, that he's as good as he thinks he is and people don't give him enough credit for how good he is and Dean Ambrose actually one of the last promos he cut on him was saying that you know that chip on his shoulder is going to weigh you down and that uh, you know so 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 basically what he did was you know in the match uh, Dolph pretty much threw everything he had at, at Dean Ambrose and there were times where it looked like he could have come out but for the most part Dean was just kind of toying with this guy the whole time and then whooped his ass and pretty much called it called it a night so was the best match in the world no but it was it it fit the narrative you know what I'm saying right alright so then you've got the Intercontinental title match the Miz versus Apollo Crews and I didn't really have high expectations for the match just because they they haven't really built Apollo Crews up that well other than I mean he hasn't really been on the mic much he's had a few matches here and there but nothing really noteworthy after he left NXT so I didn't really think that Miz was going to lose the belt, but that match looked like something that could have just been on regular TV. It didn't even look like pay-per-view quality, so fuck it. And then, I mean, just everything about it was just so lackluster. I mean, there was nothing really noteworthy other than the ones I told you about. And then they do that universal title match with uh, Rollins and Balor, and then after that they do the U.S. title match, which is a secondary title. So they did that that was on the card after that match so I'm like okay that's weird sequencing I don't get that at all which is Roman Reigns versus Rusev and the match never even officially happens because they attack each other before the match even starts and uh, to the point where Roman just pretty much he injures Rusev you know uh, storyline purposes he breaks his ribs or 
injures his ribs or whatever. So they never have the match. The thing is over in like five minutes. Really? Yeah. That was it. So I'm like, what the fuck? And then so finally, in the way they built up this motherfucking main event. Who was the main event? Well, it was, okay, so it was <laughs> it was Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. And they built this up because they both debuted in the same year. And they both were young. They both won the championship early on. They were young. Uh, I think Randy Orton has the record for being the youngest world champion ever. Brock Lesnar was before that. Uh huh. And after all that time, though, they never actually fought each other. So they built this up. So 15 years in the making, this is going to be an epic one. And so this is the whole reason. I mean, other than those other matches, this is the whole reason I bought it. I yeah, I bought the network and said, okay, we're going to watch SummerSlam because the car looks awesome, and this could be a really historic match. They start this match, and it goes on for. I mean, doesn't seem like it goes on for very long. But fucking Brock Lesnar, toward the end, he busts Randy Orton open. He busts his head open, and he's in there bleeding. And he keeps attacking him after the match, but they stop the fight, and they give it to Brock Lesnar on a TKO. Oh, like like for real? Busts his head open? Or Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, well, but here's the thing. I thought that maybe it happened by accident, and they stopped the fight, because they do, um, in NXT, definitely, I've seen... Uh, there's a match with Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, and they kept stopping the fight to, you know, to to uh, apply pressure to the cuts or whatever. You have a cut man over there because they don't really allow blood so much anymore. Uh huh. But with this, I was like, okay, maybe it's real, maybe it's not. Like, what the what was kind of going? Because he kept attacking him after, so I'm like, okay, maybe this is not. Maybe this is part of the part of the the, the story. But no, they, he really did bleed, and it was it, it was. It was intentional. Like, they wanted him to bust him open on purpose. Oh, shit. To kind of make it, I guess, just to kind of protect the character, you know what I'm saying? Because he does fight, Brock does fight in the UFC as well. Yeah. So, I guess they try to make it look as realistic as possible, but they called that the ending. There's no TKOs in wrestling. What the fuck? And the match was over, and they just WWE logo, and that was it. So, they just blew off two matches right there that were supposed to be big and ended it on that. And other than those other three matches that were really good, um, this thing was, it was about as lackluster as you can be. So I guess the moral of the story is, uh, as much as I want to be an advocate for the WWE product right now, it is entertaining, but I'm not going to keep the network, and I don't think I'm going to be buying any more (laughs) pay-per-views. That's telling. Oh my god. I mean, that's... I... I, you know, I was on the Twitter sphere, you know, ever since SummerSlam, whatever day it was. I'm sorry, again, I don't really watch wrestling, but, you know, I saw a lot of outrage about what, I didn't know exactly what happened, but it seemed like a lot of people were pissed about what happened. Yeah. But I, I didn't really investigate it, but that's fucking crazy. Because I've never seen, I mean, not that I'm saying wrestling is fake, but I've never really seen, you know, them fight to their fucking blood. Right, and it doesn't happen. And they've the fact they use that for a finish. So the reason why the NXT shows are so good is because every match feels like it matters. There's no wasted moments. Everything feels like it holds weight. It's all built up correctly, and it's done in such a way that it's just look. This is what makes sense. This is what happens. The big the the WWE stuff on their side, they always try to throw you a loop or throw you a twist or something like that that just doesn't really 
it's not as clever as it thinks it is. And they but, do that a lot. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It pisses me off. So, uh, so as much as I wanted to go out on a, I, mean, uh, I wanted to go out on a positive note with that, and I thought it was cool that we kind of started this around WrestleMania, end up at SummerSlam from Temple to Temple. Right. And I thought it was gonna be, you know, okay, this is what I thought back then. This is what I think now. <sighs> I it just left such a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I just, I, 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 I man. So what you're so, saying is I shouldn't try to hurry up and jump on the bandwagon. No, I'm not saying that at all, man. What I'm saying is, um, again, to make the comics analogy, um, WWE kind of kind of switched things up. Um, so now you've got kind of a rebooted continuity, so it's a good jumping off point. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan if you just want to enjoy wrestling. But mm-hmm. my advice to anybody out there is don't get too emotionally invested in it like, it's, like you would other TV shows because... These events always seem to let you down, <laughs> except for NXT. <laughs> okay. Except for NXT, I can't say enough good, and I don't want to paint too rosy a picture of NXT. I mean, uh, you will get some C grade matches or C grade uh, episodes sometimes, just because you are working with a lot of developmental people. But I watch right. that show just because I can sit back and enjoy it and kind of play armchair talent scout or whatever. But the the NXT takeover events are always really good, so. I can't praise those enough, but man, these WWE pay-per-views, or whatever you want to call them now, they are not worth it at all. Even with the WWE Network. So oh. That kind of sucks. Uh, yep. Yeah, it does kind of suck, you know. But, you know, for what it's worth, you know, um, I, I do enjoy it, so I, I'll, I'll so. keep watching here and there, And but I'm just not going to be... You won't see me clearing out my schedule for, for, for SummerSlam or anything like that anymore. That's what, I guess that's what I'm saying. But you're still saying that it's still real you, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> no, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm that far uh, off, off the deep end, but, uh, <laughs> you know, my friend says I should try some, uh, try some Ring of Honor. Uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I heard TNA kind of sh- shook things up and, came back from the brink of bankruptcy so I just don't have all the time in the world to watch all this wrestling but I do like that there are, that, that the competition is at least surviving out there that's mm-hmm. good but uh I mean that's all I really had to say man so I mean I, I guess I would say I, I'm a casual fan and I guess that's where I'm gonna be but just watching my kid when, when my kids watch and watching them just the excitement that they have that's really what makes it worth it I look over at them and they're just Excited and big smiles, and or 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 in the case of uh, you know people people were losing who they really like, you know the big disappointments. But then they come back the next week and they want to tell me all about it. So yeah, that's the enjoyment I get out of it these days, you know. Yeah, and that's that's good. I mean, you know, it has survived from our generation. Well, even before our generation, on now. So you know. Yeah, and the difference being, you know, my parents didn't give a damn. They didn't, oh, well, I mean, you know, about wrestling. They didn't care. They didn't like it. My father hated it, obviously. You know, um, the difference being, I grew up watching it and can at least sit back and enjoy it with them. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but uh, with that said, unless you got anything else to add, man, that's going to put the, uh, that's going to put the kibosh on DCP wrestling. No, I got nothing. All right, well, until next time, folks. 
on behalf of Jay, we love you. God damn it. <laughs> See, this table ain't going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get out of here before he tries to slam me through it. See ya. All right, see ya. My advice is flee, keep suitcases near Vacate the premises, placate your innocence Fate is unpretty, we embrace the blemishes Sheep need shepherds And I only need three seconds to beat these peasants Got the whole world in his hands now Man up, my family put a man down Millennia just greatness, none can escape this product of distrust and hatred <laughs> They used to call me husky, you can call me crazy but y'all should trust me Cause I see what they don't see and that truth awoke me Please don't provoke me, light it up for my brothers And if you wanna find us, look up, follow the buzzers and run From a new face of fear, ready to say hell, I'ma take you there So run or submit to me, cause salvation's a mystery I suggest you run From the new face of fear Ready to see hell, I'ma take you there So run or submit to me Cause salvation's a mystery I suggest you run Don't invite the devil in your backyard He might just like it And decide that this is where he resides at I snap like a Venus flytrap You gon' need an ice pack and Kirk Cousins to like that it's over once you're targeted Got a sister named Abigail that's never lost an argument And when I blow the lantern out Any of your plans are bouncing now Canceled out, no escape from the new face Power even make a true believer lose faith When they put the mask on and they all sing along I would say it's obvious I'm a true great, great, great fate I'm the author and finisher, sinister Leading my flock like a minister Give me the mic and my plan is unfurled It's only a snack for the eater of worlds Now run From the new face of fear Ready to say hell, I'ma take you there so run or submit to me Cause salvation's a mystery I suggest you run From the new face of fear Ready to see hell I'ma take you there So run or submit to me Cause salvation's a mystery I suggest you run Bigger than Nia Jax, bigger than Braun Strowman Anyone but you, you better run like Roman I'm the omen, son of the tax man You might just go crazy reading my CAT scan My brain's a mess, underpainted the rest A dirty floor print shirt with a stain on my chest I roll with my sheep, I never roam alone I'm something like a king that rock and chairs my throne Hold your phone high, sway it like fireflies The light within my darkness brightens the night skies We are here, a bug crawling your ear A finger stuck in your rear, whatever your worst fear Cheers to the villain, tears from the children I'm taking their favorite hero and hurting more and his feelings I got Eric and Luke I never needed a gun I'm doing my spider walk You see me, you better Run From the new face of fear Ready to say hell I'ma take you there So run Or submit to me Cause salvation's a mystery I suggest you run From the new face of fear Ready to say hell I'ma take you there So run Or submit to me Cause salvation's a mystery I suggest you run <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> 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 <laughs>